Hi, everyone, and welcome once again to Bible Stories for Snarky People. I'm Josh. And I'm Sarah. We've been chugging through the book of Genesis all season, and today we'll take a wild ride through two chapters. When we left off last time, Jacob had married two of his cousins who are sisters to each other. Incest alert. Incest alert. Incest alert. Leah has four kids, all of which she has hoped will make Jacob love her more. This doesn't work. Rachel has no children, though she is Jacob's favored wife. As you might predict, the next two chapters pretty much supply their own snark, so we'll keep our comments to a minimum. Ready? Ready. The Book of Genesis, Chapter 30. When Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. And she said to Jacob, Give me children or I shall die. Jacob became very angry with Rachel and said, Am I in the place of God who has withheld from you the fruit of the womb? It's not my fault you're not getting pregnant. At least, I don't think it is. None of us knows anything about genetics yet. Then she said, Here is my maid Bilhah. Go into her that she may bear upon my knees, and that I too may have children through her. Upon her knees? Yeah, basically it's a way of demonstrating that the maid's baby is actually Rachel's. Thus demonstrating they really don't know about genetics. Also, outsourcing baby production to the maid did not go well for Jacob's grandparents. Has he learned nothing from family history? So she gave him her maid Bilhah as a wife, and Jacob went into her. And Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged me and has also heard my voice and given me a son. Therefore, she named him Dan. Rachel's maid Bilhah conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. Then Rachel said, With mighty wrestlings I have wrestled with my sister and have prevailed. So she named him Naphtali. Having babies is not a competition. I think it might actually be. Now Rachel has two kids named Judge and Wrestler. That sounds like a bad cop drama duo. When Leah saw that she had ceased bearing children, she took her maid, Zilpah, and gave her to Jacob as a wife. Oh no, it is a competition. Then Leah's maid, Zilpah, bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, good fortune. So she named him Gad. Leah's maid, Zilpah, bore Jacob a second son. And Leah said, happy am I, for the women will call me happy. So she named him Asher. I love how Leah's entire self-image is wrapped up in what other people assume she is feeling. And now she has two kids named Fortune and Happy. Which sounds like a law firm. In the days of wheat harvest, Reuben... Who's that again? Leah's firstborn. Oh, yeah. In the days of wheat harvest, Reuben went and found mandrakes in the field and brought them to his mother Leah. What's a mandrake? A male dragon? No. It's a plant root that can be ingested as a drug. In the ancient world, it was sometimes used as anesthetic, but more importantly here, it was thought to encourage fertility. This baby-making competition now needs to be investigated by the International Olympic Committee. Then Rachel said to Leah, Please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, Is it a small matter that you have taken away my husband? Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? I'm not sharing my steroids with you. Rachel said, Then he may lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. Fine. 
I give up. Storm's out. When Jacob came from the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have hired you with my son's mandrakes. So he lay with her that night. And God heeded Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. I wonder how Jacob feels about this strange competition. Well, he's not bored. Lots of quality time with his wives. Leah said, God has given me my hire because I gave my maid to my husband. So she named him Issachar. And Leah conceived again, and she bore Jacob a sixth son. Then Leah said, God has endowed me with a good dowry. Now my husband will honor me because I have borne him six sons. So she named him Zebulun. Two more kids named Honor and You're Hired. Mm. That kid's going to have a hard time in job interviews. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and named her Dinah. Whom we will meet again later. Then God remembered Rachel. Oh yeah, I may be God, but I totally forgot about this main character. And God heeded her and opened her womb. She conceived and bore a son and said, God has taken away my reproach. And she named him Joseph, saying, May the Lord add to me another son. Love all these women being judged solely by whether they have children. And by how many. Joseph is Rachel's only biological son, but his name means he adds. He's got a head start on math class then. When Rachel had born Joseph, Jacob said to Laban, Send me away that I may go to my own home and country. Give me my wives and my children for whom I have served you and let me go, for you know very well the service I have given you. He's been with Laban this whole time? Does Laban enjoy his daughters fighting in this competition? Sure, it gives him more grandkids. What patriarchal man wouldn't want women trying to make as many babies as physically possible? But Laban said to him, If you will allow me to say so, I have learned by divination that the Lord has blessed me because of you. I wonder if he used tea leaves or entrails. Name your wages and I will give them. Oh, wages now? Congratulations on finishing your two-decade unpaid internship. Well, except for the daughters. Jacob said to him, You yourself know how I have served you and how your cattle have fared with me. For you had little before I came, and it has increased abundantly. And the Lord has blessed you wherever I turned. But now when shall I provide for my own household also? He said, What shall I give you? Jacob said, You shall not give me anything. If you will do this for me, I will again feed your flock and keep it. Let me pass through all your flock today, removing from it every speckled and spotted sheep and every black lamb and the spotted and speckled among the goats. And such shall be my wages. So my honesty will answer for me later. Jacob, honest, ha! When you come to look into my wages with you, every one that is not speckled and spotted among the goats and black among the lambs, if found with me shall be counted stolen. Laban said, Good, let it be as you have said. But that day Laban removed the male goats that were striped and spotted, and all the female goats that were speckled and spotted, every one that had white on it, and every lamb that was black, and put them in charge of his sons. Goats should not be babysitters. And he set a distance of three days' journey between himself and Jacob, while Jacob was pasturing the rest of Laban's flock. 
So Jacob says he'll take his payment of a randomly named minority of the flock. Right. Laban takes away that particular minority of the flock and moves them elsewhere so Jacob can't find them. Right. So he'll have to go home with nothing? Hmm. He's been so good to you, Laban. Why are you doing this to him? Then Jacob took fresh rods of poplar and almond and plain and peeled white streaks in them, exposing the white of the rods. He set the rods that he had peeled in front of the flocks in the troughs, that is, the watering places where the flocks came to drink. And since they bred when they came to drink, the flocks bred in front of the rods. And so the flocks produced young that were striped, speckled, and spotted. That's some pseudoscience. Yeah, Jacob is taking advantage of the reality of recessive genes. Without knowing anything about how genetics actually works. Jacob separated the lambs and set the faces of the flocks toward the striped and the completely black animals in the flock of Laban. And he put his own droves apart and did not put them with Laban's flock. Whenever the stronger of the flock were breeding, Jacob laid the rods in the troughs before the eyes of the flock that they might breed among the rods. But for the feebler of the flock, he did not lay them there. So the feebler were Laban's and the stronger Jacob's. So he is working with two principles here. Mm -hmm. And Jacob is using his dubious understanding of genetics to create a flock of exclusively striped, speckled, and spotted goats that are also much stronger than the rest. Right. He does this by only using his weird trick with the spotted wood, whatever you think of that, when the strongest creatures are breeding. So he gets a stronger flock of exactly the types of animals Laban told him he could keep. Thus the man grew exceedingly rich and had large flocks and male and female slaves and camels and donkeys. The Book of Genesis, chapter 31. Now Jacob heard that the sons of Laban were saying, Jacob has taken all that was our father's. He has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob saw that Laban did not regard him as favorably as he did before. Oh, so the trickster gets mad when he's the one who gets tricked. Then the Lord said to Jacob, Return to the land of your ancestors and to your kindred, and I will be with you. So Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field where his flock was and said to them, I see that your father does not regard me as favorably as he did before, but the God of my father has been with me. You know that I have served your father with all my strength, yet your father has cheated me and changed my wages ten times. I'd like my wages changing ten times, if they would only go up. But God did not permit him to harm me. If he said, the speckled shall be your wages, then all the flock bore speckled. And if he said, the striped shall be your wages, then all the flock bore striped. Thus God has taken away the livestock of your father and given them to me. You're kind of misrepresenting this to make yourself look better, Jacob. During the mating of the flock, I once had a dream in which I looked up and saw that the male goats that leaped upon the flock were striped, speckled, and mottled. Then the angel of God said to me in the dream, Jacob, and I said, Here I am. Hineni, behold me. And he said, Look up and see that all the goats that leap on the flock are striped, speckled, and mottled, for I have seen all that Laban is doing to you. I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and made a vow to me. 
Oh, that plot point's actually coming back. Now leave this land at once and return to the land of your birth. Then Rachel and Leah answered him, Is there any portion or inheritance left to us in our father's house? You took the whole thing. Are we not regarded by him as foreigners? For he has sold us and he has been using up the money given for us. All the property that God has taken away from our father belongs to us and to our children. Now then, do whatever God has said to you. Good thing we're still married to you since you've taken all our stuff already. So let's just ditch our dad and go. So Jacob arose and set his children and his wives on camels. And he drove away all his livestock, all the property that he had gained, the livestock and his possession that he had acquired in Padan Aram to go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. Now Laban had gone to shear his sheep. And Rachel stole her father's household gods. Whoa, Rachel, those are like the sacred things you pray to for a good harvest. Stealing someone's household gods is like taking away all the blessings they have. And Jacob deceived Laban the Aramean in that he did not tell him that he intended to flee. So he fled with all that he had. Starting out, he crossed the Euphrates and set his face towards the hill country of Gilead. On the third day, Laban was told that Jacob had fled. Oh, yeah, boss, uh, we forgot to mention. So he took his kinsfolk with him and pursued him for seven days until he caught up with him in the hill country of Gilead. But God came to Laban the Aramean in a dream by night and said to him, Take heed that you say not a word to Jacob, either good or bad. I take this to mean, don't judge him too quickly, Laban. Laban overtook Jacob. Uh Now Jacob had pitched his tent in the hill country, and Laban with his kinsfolk camped in the hill country of Gilead. Laban said to Jacob, What have you done? You have deceived me and carried away my daughters like captives of the sword. Why did you flee secretly and deceive me and not tell me? I would have sent you away with mirth and songs, with tambourine and lyre. I would have given a long speech about how happy I was to see the back of you. And why did you not permit me to kiss my sons and daughters farewell? What you have done is foolish. It is in my power to do you harm. But the God of your father spoke to me last night, saying, Take heed that you speak to Jacob neither good nor bad. Even though you had to go because you longed greatly for your father's house, why did you steal my gods? Jacob answered Laban, Because I was afraid, for I thought that you would take your daughters from me by force. But anyone with whom you find your gods shall not live. In the presence of our kinsfolk, point out what I have that is yours and take it. Now Jacob did not know that Rachel had stolen the gods. Uh Uh-oh. So Laban went into Jacob's tent and into Leah's tent and into the tent of the two maids. But he did not find them. And he went out of Leah's tent and entered Rachel's. Now Rachel had taken the household gods and put them in the camel's saddle and sat on them. That sounds very uncomfortable. Laban felt all about in the tent but did not find them. And she said to her father, Let not my lord be angry that I cannot rise before you, for the way of women is upon me. So he searched but did not find the household gods. I can't stand up and reveal that I'm 
totally not sitting on your personal possessions because I'm on my period. I'm a woman and this is a very messy thing that happens once a month and it grosses men out so I know you won't ask any questions. Then Jacob became angry and upbraided Laban. Jacob said to Laban, what is my offense? What is my sin that you have hotly pursued me? Although you have felt about through all my goods, what have you found of all your household goods? Set it here before my kinsfolk and your kinsfolk so that they may decide between us two. These 20 years I have been with you. Your ewes and your female goats have not miscarried and I have not eaten the rams of your flocks. That which was torn by wild beasts I did not bring to you. I bore the loss of it myself. Of my hand you required it, whether stolen by day or stolen by night. It was like this with me. By day the heat consumed me and the cold by night and my sleep fled from my eyes. These 20 years I have been in your house. I served you for 14 years for your two daughters and six years for your flock and you have changed my wages 10 times. If the God of my father, the God of Abraham and the fear of Isaac had not been on my side, surely now you would have sent me away empty handed. God saw my affliction and the labor of my hands and rebuked you last night. This is an all-caps rant on social media. Then Laban answered and said to Jacob, The daughters are my daughters, the children are my children, the flocks are my flocks, and all that you see is mine. None of those people or things belongs to you anymore, Laban. But what can I do today about these daughters of mine or about their children whom they have borne? (sighs) Come now, let us make a covenant, you and I, and let it be a witness between you and me. So Jacob took a stone and set it up as a pillar. And Jacob said to his kinsfolk, Gather stones. And they took stones and made a heap. And they ate there by the heap. Laban called it Jegar Sahaduta. But Jacob called it Galid. These two can't even agree on a name for a pile of rocks. Laban said, This heap is a witness between you and me today. I'm fairly sure a pile of rocks cannot testify in court. Therefore he called it Galid, and the pillar Mizpah, for he said, The Lord watch between you and me when we are absent from one another. That quote sounds familiar. Where have I heard that before? Well, I've seen it written on the two halves of a heart necklace, split between two people who are deeply in love. Well, that doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It's totally out of context. Jacob and Laban aren't in love. They're competing with and scamming each other. Yeah, and and watch between you and me is about making sure that they actually keep their promises. But never underestimate the power of the Christian industrial complex to take Bible quotes out of context. Yup. If you ill-treat my daughters, or if you take wives in addition to my daughters, though no one else is with us, remember that God is witness between you and me. Then Laban said to Jacob, See this heap and see the pillar which I have set between you and me. This heap is a witness and the pillar is a witness that I will not pass beyond this heap to you and you will not pass beyond this heap and this pillar to me for harm. May the God of Abraham and the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge between us. So Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac, and Jacob offered a sacrifice on the height and called his kinsfolk to eat bread, and they ate bread and tarried all night in the hill country. Early in the morning, Laban rose up and kissed his grandchildren and his daughters and blessed them. Then he departed and returned home. 
Well, I guess I just don't have any household gods now. Huh. I wonder where those went. Sarah, do you remember the time we lost the remote control for the stereo in our couch for three years? Hmm. <laughs> Does... Rachel have any clear motive for stealing the household gods? Maybe she figured that since Jacob has pretty much impoverished her dad, she might as well finish the job. Loving daughter right there. And a trickster on par with both her dad and her husband. It's almost like being a trickster is a genetic trait. Except that's not how genetics works. I bet Jacob thinks it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm guessing Laban doesn't show up again. But Jacob's 11 sons will set up the action next. But wait, didn't Jacob originally run away from home because his brother Esau wanted to kill him? And now he's going back? There's likely to be some drama. But then, this is the book of Genesis. And we'll see you next time on Bible Stories for Snarky People. Bye! Yeah.